0: Welcome to the Relentless Minds podcast with Lori Jimenez, a platform where influential entrepreneurs get real and share their stories of challenges in life that they've had to face head on and conquer in order to be where they are today. Here, you'll get an inside look at the adversities that these individuals have experienced or are currently dealing with, in addition to their opinions on real life matters and philosophies in life. Most importantly, you'll learn what it takes to have a relentless mind so that you too can stay headstrong in your pursuit of a better future. In this podcast, you're going to get 100% authenticity from people that have figured out how to beat the noise that society creates and have a higher level of self-mastery. Welcome back to the Relentless Minds podcast. Today I have with me Christine Conti. Christine is a functional fitness and wellness coach with over 20 years in the fitness industry. She's also a former investment banker and English teacher. She's also the creator of Let's Face It Together, a facial exercise program, and the co-host of Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast. Christine, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Lori. I'm really excited to join your podcast. You have a great message,
1: and you're doing amazing things, so I'm just going to start with that.
0: On top of all of these things that you're doing, the accomplishments that you've had, things that you're currently doing right now, what fascinates me is that you're also a mom of two and your wife. Like, how do you handle all of that? How do you how do you get to balance everything? Organized chaos. Um, every single
1: day, I get up and I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And you just do it. There's no thinking. There's no oh my gosh. It's a here's what I have. I'm, you know, I've got my husband, I've got my kids and I have a husband who's super supportive who will say to me, you know, you know, I'll come home and be like, "Ah," and he's like, Christine, we'll figure it out.
0: We'll figure it out. And
1: it's, it's amazing. Um, So with that, you know, with that said, I I have support, but I think that when you have your eyes set on what you want to do, and, and again, I am very organized. I'm this type A personality Mm -hmm. that, you i set up my weeks in front of me i set up my goals i ask myself i actually have a little sticky note written on my calendar that says is what i'm doing working towards my goals
0: hmm. and
1: is it making me happy yeah if you can make your decisions in life based off of that then you're doing the right thing and you know when things get tough you say to yourself this this i'm i'm making steps forward by doing whatever it is that's on my calendar, what's on my agenda. Exactly. And that bigger picture is I think what what gets you through those days where how, how am I doing this? And mm-hmm. people say to me, they're like, how do you accomplish what you accomplish? And I'm like, you just do.
0: You just do. And you plan it. It's like so important to plan ahead and write down your goals and realize that all of these small steps are working towards this bigger picture. But what you're saying is that it's, absolutely possible to have two kids, to <laughs> be a wife and manage a household and have these huge goals. You're a keynote speaker, you're a fitness coach, you know, you've got your program, you've got all these things going on and you're able to balance. And, and we will talk about all these marathons that you were in. I don't know that
1: everything's completely balanced. I'm just going to throw that. In.
0: <laughs> I'm, I am
1: definitely not perfect. I, you know, there's days where I'm like, what am I doing? But then there's days that you're like, You wake up in the morning and you're like, yeah, I got this. And that's cool. That's okay. Um, I think all of us are always a work in progress. We're working on our life. You know, we're working on our relationships and our jobs. And I think that admitting that you aren't perfect and you're never going to be is what makes you be able to go to sleep at night and say, I got up and I'm going to do the best I can. And when I go to bed at night with my glass of red wine, that's what chills me out at night. I can say to myself, you know what? I did the best I possibly could today yeah. in every facet. And maybe I didn't get this and this and this accomplished, but you know what? Look at all the things I did do. Yeah. And I think focusing on that on the positive. is what really allows you to, to have that growth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to stay focused and motivated because a lot of people, they're way too critical. They think that you were probably placed in that position, um like very intensely because you did have to somehow try to still pursue your goals while having a family and raising your family and being there for them so i mean a lot of people and i'm sure you know you've you speak to other mothers that kind of put their life on hold because they put their kids and their their husbands lives are like you know and i'm not saying that it's not possible it's definitely possible but it's much harder right it's much much harder it um, took me
1: a long time to realize that the most important thing in life is relationships. Mm. Most important thing. You can go to sleep and hug your bag of money all you want because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Things don't matter. It's people that matter. Yep. It's how did someone make you feel? And you remember in life, those people that made you feel like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. You also remember the people that made you feel like nothing. Yep. And you know, it's, I think it's a powerful thing to remember as well that, you know, how am I making other people feel? How am I making myself feel?
0: Absolutely. Cause your relationship with yourself is the most important at the end of the day too. Absolutely. <laughs> people forget that. Um, I know I sometimes have to, have to realize why are you telling yourself those things? Mm-hmm. Um, so what I wanted to say, so you're, you were previously a former, um, an investment banker and an English teacher and you switched from that to like the fitness industry, right? What was it that caused that shift? Because now, I mean, you're doing great things in the fitness industry and like you were in Ironman, you're doing like you're, you're ran, running, all these marathons, uh, 30 marathons. I thought, I think I, re- I read from, mm-hmm. like, last year. So obviously this is a passion of yours. Like, what was it that shifted that, that from, you know, investment banking teacher to fitness?
1: So there's, I guess there's a, there's a big story behind this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you talk about being authentic on your, on your podcast and a message about bringing, you know, relentless minds, right. It's about being, life is about being relentless. I mean, you know, Christine, how do you do what you do? Well, I'm relentless. I don't give up. Absolutely. There is no, what are you talking about? There's, I'm a Yoda person do or do not. There is no try. You just You do it, and if you fail, it's okay, but it took a long time for me anyway to get to the point of where I am now to say, you know what, I'm not happy with business. I don't want to pursue business in the big corporate world anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to, I don't want to sit behind a desk, although I lived in New York City, and it was great. Money's great, but I knew that wasn't for me. I went and I wound up using my English degree and getting my master's in curriculum instruction so that I could write curriculum and teach. And I thought I could really change the world in a different way. Um, I always loved fitness. Um, Going back, I played volleyball in college. I have two older sisters also played volleyball in college. So I come from a, you know, very athletic family, um, which I'll touch upon in a second, but that was life. You went to college, you played sports, you This is how you. This Mm -hmm. is what happens. There is no other. There was no other choice. I didn't even know people. It didn't go to college when I grew up. I thought that's just what you did. Um, So the funny thing was. So now I'm going to. I'm going to teach. This was it because now, in order to teach, I can coach. I'm making these decisions based on my love for movement, my love for fitness. What was better is that um, I was teased in college, and they should say, "Oh, you're like the Energizer Bunny. You should be a fitness instructor." And I'm like. Who would do that? That's so stupid. Well, when I was done playing volleyball in college, I went up getting all my fitness national certifications, things like that. So when I was in graduate school, I did that part-time for money.
0: Hmm.
1: So I got into the fitness industry that way, went to all these conferences, and then I just got you know fitness certification, hand over, you know, hand over foot because I loved it. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was what I did, that was my passion. Um, so I was able to coach and teach and have fitness businesses on the side. And then I met my husband. I was living in Maryland at the time and he's from the Jersey shore. We moved up here. I'm from New York originally to get married, start a family to be closer to family. Um, so I kept teaching because that was the safe thing to do. I'm quoting the listeners. I can't see this. Um, Cause I was always grew up with the idea that, you know, in order to be successful, you have to make tons of money. Let's, let's just say money's important, but happiness is a little bit more important. I learned that. So, um, you know, going forward, I had a chance to develop a fitness company from scratch just kind of fell in my lap. A girlfriend of mine was, came up with this idea, um, and got to pretty much travel around the United States and go to all these conventions and meet all the top people because I love a cheap glass of wine and great conversation any day. So they became my friends. Um, And eventually now I've left said company and I'm on my own because as a person who has a master's in curriculum instruction, I can write fitness programs. I've always had these programs kind of sitting dormant that because I was in business or in teaching, I never had the time to do it. So now um, I kind of pulled the boat close enough to the dock, I like to say, Uh, my podcast co-host, actually, I stole that from him, but he he knows, Um, so I pulled the boat close enough to the dock so I could step off, Um, started a podcast, took a sabbatical from teaching, and was full-time in the industry, and now I present around the world for my own programs, my own functional fitness programs, my own facial exercise and um, rehabilitation programs, and you name it, really to empower other people was always what I was all about. Hmm. Um, and now I can bring it's almost like a I can unload my message that I always had but never had the confidence or the strength or the time to do it or the connections
0: yeah. to the world. You know it's so, yeah,
1: Christine Conti now.
0: Yeah, you know it's so interesting that you did mention and I mean like you know it that so many people they follow that process, right? You go to college, you get a secure job, mm-hmm. and the interesting thing is that you always filtered it, or you always filled these little voids with your passion, mm-hmm. like your hobbies, like the little the side money, these these other ventures you were doing. Like you, you saw, right? You're telling me like you were looking to do, uh, you were going into volleyball, and like you were doing like the fitness on the side, and. That was your true passion and you could never let it go. But you were saying the safe thing to do was to right. have that job that was bringing in all the money. And that is what a lot of people will do, but they never have like those side hobbies that they try to just keep stringing them along, right? And, to, and finding a way to actually maybe make that as the main income, because as soon as you had that opportunity come up, you went for it. Like that's, what, that's the jump a lot of people don't make. They don't make that jump. They're too scared. They say, I don't, I don't think I can go for that. I don't think so. I've got my kids. I've got my family. You know, I I have to have this security. So that's when you made that shift, that complete jump into the fitness industry.
1: Yeah. And I guess I have to say, and again, there's there's, you know, there's a story. There's a there's a backstory because you could say to someone, hey, make that jump. If this is what you love, just do it. It's not that simple. It's I call it an evolution. You have to evolve as a person and as a mindset to be ready to do that. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I've listened to your story and I've listened to what you've gone through and the self-development that you've had. And you wouldn't be able to have this podcast and speak to people so authentically without having said, here's what I've gone through. I've fallen flat on my face or I've been through some really awful times. And I tell people I have not met one very successful person that has not been through hell, Mm -hmm. but kept going. I haven't, I have not. And I, you know, you're no exception. And I think it would be, you know, I'd be doing a disservice to you and your listeners without kind of, sharing just a little bit of how I got to that mindset because I think that again, I could say, Oh, well, you know, I just, from a, you know, from looking in from the outside, people had always said to me, Oh my gosh, like you just have it all together. You're athletic and you're smart and you're this and you're, and really that's fantastic, but that's not the truth, not the truth at all. And for me, I think the backstory to this is that when I was younger, I grew up um, in New York um, on Long Island. I had two older sisters, much older, like nine and 13 years. My my mother would tell me I was a gift from God, really. I was like a good party one night where, you know, someone had too much to drink is really what it was. (laughs) And that's cool. I mean, that's cool. But I grew up around adults my whole life. And I always grew up as wanting, wanting more. Like I was never old enough for this or I always was behind Mm. and which made me work so hard because I wanted what my sisters had. And I always did what was right. You get the good grades. You're a part of sports. You did like, you know, I played instruments. you, You name it. It was, Oh, well, Christine, you know, Oh, she's great. She's well, what really was is that when I was younger, I actually was raped when I was younger. That's really where the story starts. And for me, it took me my whole life to get to this point. And um, my father actually passed away like four years ago so far. And I refused to come out with that story because I never wanted him to hear that, ever. So it happened when I was 15. That was my first experience. Going forward, eating disorders, depression, you name it, I hit it all. Hit it all. I was such a good actor. No one would have any idea. A couple close people to me knew something was going on. Nothing, because that wasn't a part of the plan. The plan was you're going to go to college, you're going to play volleyball, you're going to get a good job, you're going to get a husband. This is life. This is how life was presented to me. I didn't feel comfortable talking to my parents because I I was so much younger. I I didn't, I felt like there was no one. So it was just me. So what did I do? I took the control, the typical, I controlled my food. I started over-exercising. But The sports were still there, the school was still there, so everything looked like roses on the outside. And, you know, even in school, you're not gonna come out with something like that. And plus the fact, it's someone in my school that's dating someone I know. So there's all these different dynamics going on. So what do you do? You bury it, you take a huge bag and you shove it at the bottom of the bag, hey, All right, it's gonna go away. It won't bother me, it'll go away. Fast forward, I feel like it's my fault. I'm not deserving. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. So every relationship I have, you know, I'm dating people and whatnot, I treat people like shit. Seriously. Because I didn't I didn't respect myself. How could I respect and love someone else if I don't love me? Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to be, you know thinner or prettier or blonder or it was never enough and going forward you know it it followed me that that duffel bag I always say everyone's got a story everyone's got like a you know skeletons in their closet or a bag right some people have a wristlet it's really pretty they can carry it anywhere other people have that trunk that just weighs on you Mm -hmm. and for me that wristlet turned into a pocketbook, turned into a bag, turned into a trunk, which never laughed. So I'm going on doing what I think is right. And yet I'm never happy. It was never enough. And I wound up, it was actually, I was in a pretty good place when I met my husband in graduate school. Not a great place, but a good place where I looked at him. And as I said before, he's such a great support, such a great friend. And said, you know, it was always like we'll figure it out. And I did talk to him about some things I'd gone through and whatnot. And he was like, "It's okay." And and for me, I was like,
0: Whoa.
1: "It's okay." Like, are you sure I'm not damaged goods? And I'm. Wow. And that's how I knew he was the one. Yeah. He was that special person. That he was a friend. He was a supporter. And that to me, I, I've never I never experienced that before because I never allowed someone to do that for me because I wouldn't do it for myself fast forward with these fitness you know think about um getting involved with group fitness who were most of your participants they're women Mm -hmm. all I wanted to do was empower women so that they wouldn't go through what I continued to struggle with exactly and that was it and you know, I'm starting to realize, like, wow, okay, I can possibly help, you know, again, I was a teacher, you help your students, and and I'm not discrediting that, I loved my students, I loved teaching, but I knew I could do more in life, Mm -hmm. I knew there was something greater, and starting with fitness classes, and then starting presenting around the country, you know, and taking that, you know, internationally, even fast forward, when I started a podcast, I knew that there was a message, something greater that I could get out there and to tell people it's okay. You Follow your dreams. You're good enough. And um, I actually started a program. This is funny. I don't even know if you saw this. I started a program called Cardio tease In my early 20s, I took some classes at a convention and it was these women that they did these like it was called like cardio striptease or something. They weren't taking off their clothes, but it was just very empowering. And I took that message and I took some different things from it and I created my own class and I taught it for 15 years at different gyms. I did bachelorette parties for women. Instead of a Tupperware party, I would come in and, and we would say, you know, we'd point in the mirror and say, you're beautiful, you're strong, you're smart, you're sexy, and don't you forget. And it was this mantra that took off. And now these women are like, you know, you're, you go through disease with them and deaths and births and divorces. Yeah. And you become this static, you know, thing in their life when the rest of their life goes to chaos. And I just said to myself, this is it. There's, I know that I could help people with school and there's students that, you know, like took in a girl once for a year that, you know, mm-hmm. was going through a rough time in high school so she could graduate. You know, there's things that I feel like I always think anyone would do it if they had the opportunity, but I know that's not true. But when you go to sleep, like I said, and you think you're doing what's right, that's where this whole story moves forward. Um, so now developing kind of that program, fast forward. Um, now, you know, I'm married, I'm living in Jersey. And now, um, because of, I think, you know, obviously because of my low body fat and different issues with eating, now I can't get pregnant. So it's like, you think that you get past something and it comes up again. And you're like, what the, you know? And now you get these thoughts again, like, I'm not enough. I'm not, so, and I know that so many women are struggling with this same thing. And again, this is just my, experience, but they have their own story of not enough, or what does it mean to be enough to somebody and yourself? So it took about a year and a half, um, and I wound up getting pregnant, which was amazing. After that, um, what wound up happening is, I'm still teaching, and now I think I break my arm. I think I break my wrist. I can't move my fingers. Mm-hmm. Like all these weird health issues. And I'm like, what is happening? Absolutely. My sister comes to visit from Chicago and looks at me and said, Oh my God, you have to go to the doctor. My grandmother, on my mother's side had a severe form of rheumatoid arthritis, which complications from that left her paralyzed from the neck down. I never knew anything else from her growing up, seeing it in her in a wheelchair. Thanks. I go to the doctor. Of course, what do they say? you have an advanced form of rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. All I can picture now is my grandmother in this wheelchair. I just lose it. I'm, I'm like...
0: How oh. long were you dealing with the symptoms before you, you went to the doctor to get it checked out?
1: Probably. I mean, I had my son. Maybe I'd always had symptoms okay. But I was an athlete. Things are sore. Yeah. Things are, you know, like, mm-hmm. you have a... Oh, my ankle, my foot. my You just think it's from yeah. running or training <laughs> or... I didn't know I you know on my hand I couldn't even I couldn't um put on clothes I would drop glasses my husband got these great steins from Germany when he was traveling abroad when he was younger and I dropped a couple and he was so mad and I turned around I was like see I have a disease (laughs) but it was you know you have to make light but I couldn't I
0: couldn't turn keys
1: I couldn't write anymore Oh, wow. And I, as a teacher, I was, like, holding my hand, like, in a, like, in a fist. Like, I literally was turning into – I thought of it as, like, mitts. I almost felt like I had mitts, and I couldn't pick up a pen. I know, like, we're on video, but it was, like,
0: like a claw. Yeah, um, and so you were, you were a teacher at this point. This was before yeah. you decided to go fully into fitness, right? Right. I didn't even get to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So oh, this is goodness. the whole impetus of having that
1: confidence to do it. Because you know, from being younger, getting kicked down and having to build your way up, to now not being able to have a kid, kicked down. All right, I, I made this happen. Now I get diagnosed with this, and they and all I could think of is like, oh, great, I'm gonna be paralyzed. This is fantastic. And the doctor said, listen, we don't know if you have five years, ten years, fifteen years, whatever it is, but we're gonna treat you. We're gonna kick you. We're gonna hit you with the hardest highest dosage of medicine that we can to put it in remission. So I call it a cocktail.
0: So I think, okay, just for the, view, um, for the listeners, rheumatoid arthritis, for those that don't know, is an autoimmune disease. It um, mm-hmm. causes chronic inflammation in the joints. It can really affect the quality of your life. You're saying they were giving you 5, 10, 15 years of life? Not of life, of being okay. able to use my body. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Before you were thinking like wheelchair scenario. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, goodness, because yeah. things.
1: I was in so much pain, like you can't sleep. You're in like it. Almost feels like stabbing pain in your body. And for me, for oh, I well. associate with movement. That's who I am. That's who you are. Your whole I'm life. Like, who am I going to be if I can't move? It, I would rather. I would have rather died than have someone say you're going to be in a wheelchair. That's mm-hmm. the mindset I was at at the time. Yeah. And what they did is they said. Um, so they gave me like high dosages. It's it's chemotherapy is what it is, but it's not with the. Um, you're not getting the. You know you're not losing your hair. You're not doing radiation, um, but it, it. It's no joke. So I'm giving myself shots in the stomach and pills and whatnot, and I got really sick. I did. The symptoms were at day, but I got very sick, um, to a point, where this is, it's kind of funny, but not funny. But one day um, I went home for work cause I was so sick and I thought, you know what? I just, maybe I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts and get a coffee. Cause I'm get some sugar in me. I go to Dunkin' Donuts and I order something. And that's all I remember. I had passed out and hit my face on the counter of Dunkin' Donuts and like mm. fell underneath the counter, but I didn't remember. Oh, so I like claw my way back up. There's someone in the, in the place that's like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. Why? They're like, oh. because your nose is like, your face is bleeding. And I'm like, where am I? <laughs> oh my God. You. I, thought I, I should get Dunkin' Donuts free for the rest of my life, but they don't, they didn't think that way. But, oh. um, it, they take me off of all this medicine now. Um, I've been on it for like seven months. I have my son and they pretty much told me like, you know what? You have your son. That's probably it. You're not having another kid. And I was, I was happy. Like I just, okay, that was God's thing for me, you know, okay. and they take me off all this medicine six months after I'm off this medicine to get it out of my system and,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, just kind of reassess. I was scoped up and down and you name it. Um, I started feeling very sick again to a point where I thought I had like cancer. I thought I was dying of stomach cancer. Like you name it.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm like,
1: Oh my. And I said to my husband, I said, Michael, something's really wrong, like really wrong. And I said, I just want you to be prepared. I'm going to call the doctor and go back. And so I decided to take a um, pregnancy test because I knew that they were going to ask. Long story short, um, I was three months pregnant with my daughter. Wow. Like I was going to be a baby for three months, like 12 weeks.
0: Three months and you had no idea. I was going
1: to be like TLC baby story in a bathtub at the prom. You know, like that's what I thought was going to happen.
0: You were three (laughs) months along. You had no (laughs) idea. I gained like two pounds or whatever, but I was still working out.
1: And I, they said it was, you know, just whatever happened. I was off this medicine and my body something. And, and again, it from God. So we're going to throw it out there. What happened though, is that because I was pregnant, my body was now producing a lot that was keeping my symptoms at bay. So I was able to immune system, my immune system. Yeah. They actually helped my autoimmune yeah. because I was pregnant. Yeah, it was but the doctors said, this is probably the best thing that can happen to you right now. However, what we're going to start to see is that after this happens, you're probably going to get really sick again. We're going to have to reassess. So needless to say, in the midst of this, I had a bucket list because I figured, damn it, if I only have a certain amount of years of active years left, I'm going to do everything that I didn't think that I could ever do. So I signed up for a race. I did a marathon. And I figured there's two choices in life. And this is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. You have two choices in life, do something or do nothing. Mm. Always choose something. And I said, that's it. I'm not using this disease. I'm not using what I'm going through as a crutch. I'm not going to blame. Oh, well I'm tired or I'm this, I'm not using it because what's that going to show everyone else in this world? You can give up. Yep. No, that's not happening. So I said, you know what, here's what we're going to do. Here's what I've been through and damn it, i um, You got Christine Conzi coming after you. I got the fitness people. I've got the, oh, you're going through this. Guess what? Keep going. So I started running races. I started pacing. I started being that cheerleader for those people that thought they couldn't go on. Mm. And that's when I started raising money for charities. Um, In the midst of this, um, my father passes away. My father also was, you know, and I have to say it, my my dad drank a lot when I was younger. In hindsight, he's probably an alcoholic, but you don't see that as a kid. You don't kind of, my mother sheltered me from a lot. And I think much of my not great relationship with my mother comes from her not accepting what she went through and maybe not making the decisions that... Mm. Would have made her happy because she did what was right, and sometimes mm-hmm. when you think you do what's right, might not be what's right for you.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: And again, you spoke about you know your mother and what you've gone through with your family, and it's just spot on. I think that resonates oh, yeah. with so many people putting their issues on you.
0: Yep. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. not your fault. Their par- parents, like everybody, things that like the baggage, right? So like mm-hmm. things that they've dealt with, things that they've learned from from experiences growing up, from their own parents, things that aren't worked out. Like if they're not working things out, because a lot of people go through life very unaware of themselves, mm-hmm. right? And then they just pass it on to the next generation, right? When they raise those kids and they have those same insecurities, they put that baggage on those kids. And then the it's a, it's just it goes down. It keeps going along generation after generation. And so, um, you know, we realize, you know, I realize that just because your parents says something and because they have an expectation of, of you doing something in life doesn't mean that's the right way to go about it. No. But absolutely and, right.
1: And we, you know, the reaction of, I think kind of what put me over the edge. Um, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to do this fitness thing full time. And after, you know, after losing my dad, he was one of my biggest fans. I have to say growing up, he never missed a, a sporting event. He was there for everything. He must, we always say he must have been one hell of an athlete because my mom never played a sport. And he had three girls all go play volleyball in college. Like, but he was the cheerleader. He was a nurturer. He was the one that would say, hey, dad, um, I'm going to like jump off a building with a kite. And he'd be like okay, is that what you want to do, sweetheart? <laughs> you if it's, it, he was that type of person, you know? Oh, that's um,
0: amazing. So it was, oh, it was so very supported. difficult.
1: Yeah, very difficult to um, to, lose him. to lose him. Yeah, And then know that, okay, well, all right, I lost that, that cheerleader mm-hmm. for me. You know, and I've got mm-hmm. my mom who, you know, I came to her and said, you know, I'm going to go full-time fitness and take a sabbatical from teaching and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it was a what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? Are you having a, what about your pension? And I'm like. No support there. I'm like, my pension. Like, it was like, you could take your pension and do you know what with it? Because I couldn't imagine one more day of sitting in the parking lot outside of my work. Christine, get out of the car. Get out of the car. You've got to go into work. Get out of the car. I just knew it wasn't for me. And it was, it was almost like you're rotting, like you owe it to the world to get out there and share the message of keep going, like you gotta keep going. And with that said, my dad passes away. I mean, I had my daughter. Now, um, I'm determined to still bucket list to kind of make sure that I'm setting an example for others,
0: for my kids and at this point you're you've had your daughter so you're probably mm-hmm. going through chemo now like those those treatments for the rheumatoid arthritis right so i was i did treatment i had her
1: and i was off of everything for a while gotcha and now i decided you know what i'm going to do i'm in this industry i'm working with these top you know health and wellness and nutrition whenever i drastically changed my diet i tried everything from like vegan to whole foods, to to turmeric, to you name it, I tried it all, because I'm an experimental one, because I did not want to go back on those drugs that made me so sick, yeah, and I did like therapy, like laser lights from like, you name it, all these weird things, but at the end of the day, um, I was like, okay, I think this stuff is working, knowing that I'm like, not feeling that great, but I'm really like, I can do this. Because So um, I actually threw my name in. I got picked up by the Ironman Foundation, who kind of knew my story, and invited me to to Ironman Lake Placid. Now, let's just talk about how I'm not really a swimmer. I'm not swim. I have a son who swims, like, all year round, who's amazing. Like, Junior Olympics. Professional, get, yeah. Me. So I actually got picked up, not thinking that it would actually happen, so that's a two and a half mile swim, a 112 oh, mile bike okay. ride, Goodness. and then a full marathon, 26.2 miles back to back to back, as wow. fast as you can in a day, no and, breaks. And it's in the Adirondack Mountains. So, oh my god, they pick me up, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna learn how to swim. I'm gonna document this. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna raise money for some charities for, for rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. This is great, and I'm gonna document Ironman training using holistic approaches of food, of nutrition. I documented everything, what I ate, how I worked out. I put it on Facebook. If you go to my Facebook page, you can actually go back and look and see like day 56 wrote to Iron Man. Like, and I had like nervous breakdowns. Like I had a breakdown at like swimming and then I went back and ups and awesome downs. It was incredible, start. but halfway through training, I got very sick. So I went from let's follow this documentary of Ironman holistic journey to This is now a documentary of Iron Man on chemo. So I went back to do all these meds and I'm like, well, you know what? It is what it is. I'm going to do the best I can. And if I can get up there and be healthy enough to do it, I'm going to do it. No expectations. So I changed the documentary to documentary on chemo. And I wound up reaching out to a lot of different organizations saying, listen, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'd love for you, you know, papers reached out to me. Um, I got to be the cover of the rheumatoid arthritis magazine um, last year, which was cool. Wow. Um, just to kind of show people it's okay. And, and don't stop. I had a doctor who said to me, Christine, the second you stop moving, it's all over. And it's true. I don't care if you have RA or you've got another disease. The se- think about it. Second you stop, it's all over. And that's life.
0: And that's anything. You know, and that's incredible because the thing is that what happened where you had that period where you just got so sick, you had to go and take the medication. Like you just- Oh, had yeah. To. A lot of people would consider that, you know, if they weren't seeing it the right way as a failure, a personal failure. Like they I did, did a little bit. But you just kept going. Yeah. Right? Like you kept going and you didn't let that defeat you. You didn't let that discourage you from that end goal. And can you tell- can you tell us when, man, when it came to your decision to just, first of all, what made you jump into <laughs> Iron Man <laughs> and say, you're going to go and do that? Bucket list, bucket list. It was on your bucket list. It was That's a bucket right. list that I didn't
1: think, it's one of those like, oh, this would be like crazy. This is insane. Who would do that? You know? And I just threw my name, like, you know, like they, I threw my name in, not thinking it would ever happen. But like, when you throw things in the universe, you know that the universe yep. brings yep. you what you need. So you have to be careful what you ask for.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and that was a prime example of that.
1: <laughs> there were so many newspapers that were like, why an Iron Man? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> They're like, why didn't you just do a 5k? I'm like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> During your that's acting, not Christine Conti. Yeah, you're, ex- you're extreme, which is awesome. During your training, during the, the period where you were trying to go, where you're trying to do holistic, mm-hmm. then you had to switch to chemo. Obviously, you got so sick you had to, right? While you were trying to do the holistic stuff, were you experiencing that pain and the discomfort and all of that? Like, how you was know,
1: it, that? It, um, it, it's progress. It's Normally, it's progressive. Like, it'll start, you know, my hands will bother me, and then I'll get really swollen. It'll look almost as if uh, my knuckles – are broken like they're that swollen your your ankle if you've ever twisted your ankle and it feels like throbbing and swollen that's what would happen in different parts of your body but it wouldn't go away and you'd wake up at night with like throbbing pain because things are swollen and the one thing that i didn't mention is that when you have an autoimmune people don't realize that having arthritis it's not like you just have tennis elbow or it's from a former a past injury when you have an, an autoimmune it not only attacks, it's like your body attacking itself from the inside out. And you have to remember, it can also attack your lungs. It can attack different organs in your body. So I'll get tested for like nodules in my lungs, you know, different functions of my kidneys and, and things like that, because you don't know what other, you know, effects. One autoimmune can also you know, have other, I guess,
0: side effects effects. around your body.
1: And that's kind of what happened with my grandmother that, you know, it wasn't just physically, but also internal. And that was the concern. That was kind of my big concern. And my doctor said, don't be a martyr. You know, you get to a point where you're in that much pain all the time and you can't, you can't lift up a pot. I can't help my daughter zip her jacket. I mean, it's when it affects the quality of your life was when, you know, the doctor says, really, this is what this is here for. Do you you want 10 years of pain or do you want 10 years of quality? And when you think about it in that respect, I don't want to be on drugs. No one
0: does. (laughs) Yeah. But it was a, it was a strategy. It was, you had to pivot strategies just like in other things in business, right? And other things in pursuing goals, like you you approach it one way. Mm -hmm. If that way doesn't work the goal is still the same. You just maybe need to find a different approach. Right. And that's the way that you saw that. And that's the way that you went for it. And it's great that you had these doctors and you had the support of your right. husband to, to push you along. And most importantly, though, you were able to have that resiliency and that tenacity and that dedication to that end goal. And you, you were telling yourself, obviously, it's like, no matter what I'm going to get there. Right. So it's like, how do I need to make this approach now? Because I'm, I'm sure that when it came to like your audience, like you had people that were rooting for you that were like, Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you're like, Man, you're like, actually, I'm not I'm actually human. Like I need right. to take a step back. You didn't give up the goal, right? But you shifted the strategy. And I think that's so powerful. Everything in your life, first of all, when it came to the the rape experience that you mm-hmm. had when you were fifteen years old, is this the first time that you've brought that up in in a platform? I-
1: in, in a major platform, um, I think what's, what's really important to me was I allude to it a lot. Things have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've talked about, you know, I've had, you know, I'm much more open now. Um, and I think, I do think it's, you know, with the passing of my father. I think I, I've had to get to a point of being comfortable enough to say that this is what happened. It's not who defined me. You know, when everyone came out with the whole, you know, me too movement and things like that, I'm like, well, yeah, me too. It's, mm-hmm. It wasn't, I didn't feel like I needed to stand up on a platform and shout it. Mm-hmm. I felt like, well, yeah, me too. And here's what I did. Because yep. looking back, it really messes with your neck. I say that a lot. But I had to go through that in order to, here's where it started here's what shaped me as a person. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, what I always said is in the next, um, you know, one of my next goals is that I am, you know, I do want to come out with, you know, my book is going to be going forward. My book is not going to be a sob story whatsoever.
0: Nope. It's going to
1: be a fitness as medicine, but guess what? Fitness is only part of its physical. The other part is mental. Another part is nutrition and for me to be able to talk about mindset, guess what? I'm going to have to talk about, well, here's what I went through and that's okay.
0: Absolutely.
1: Right. Everyone has a story like mine. It's just maybe a little bit different, it but you different. felt the same way. Yes. You felt I, like you weren't enough.
0: A- absolutely. I am the fact that you brought that up and I've actually realized this. Um, I've had people come up to me that have gone through experiences that I have never gone through, they've, they're married, they're going through divorces, they're, there's a child involved, they're coming to me for feedback, for advice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's something there, they've read, they've l- listened to my story, like there's a reason why they're coming to me, they know my age, they know that I've never gone through those things, right? I came to realize that it doesn't, people put so much focus on the event, right? When it's actually the way someone reacted to that event you reacted a certain way to your um, situation, to what happened to you. Somebody else might've taken their life, right? Mm -hmm. You use this as a way to help you, to empower you. Like you were finding ways to prove yourself and along this journey, you know, finding yourself and and just committing to that and trying to be the best version of yourself, right? It might've become a little bit of an obsession, right? But I mean, it's just, you know, you you go along it and then you figure it out and then you get a little better and then you learn how to cope with it, right? It's just age to maturity and all that. Um, so what I realize is exactly the same thing. It's like, it doesn't necessarily matter what happened. It's about how that person reacted, how they're feeling, you know. What happened to them does help you to understand what they might be feeling. But I feel like the approach to it is to to put the attention on the the emotions, on the reaction.
1: And I felt it was important for me to empower the hell out of everybody else in my life. Exactly. And I know that maybe I wasn't taking care of myself, but that was how I was able to handle what I was going through. If I could just pump everybody else up, that made me feel better. And maybe that's selfish. But again, you know, going through Ironman, all those people that I had – said i'm here for you i believe in you i have empathy with you with whatever you're going through they were able to say we need you to do this ironman it, it was it was funny because i almost don't promote a lot of races and things that i do and then i turned around and said people want someone to believe in because it helps them believe in themselves
0: absolutely
1: and that's the whole reason of you know, going forward with having that confidence to step away from teaching and say, I'm going to do this and it's going to work. Because going through all of the kick down and, you know, working with, you know, working with people that are great and working with people that aren't, you learn how to cope and you know that you can bounce back from anything once you're at that low spot. Because again, I've been in many spots in my life and I think, it doesn't go away completely. I do want to say that. Some things happen sometimes and I'll be, I always say, I, um, I say, what do I say? Um, the rabbit hole. That's what I talk about. I said, every once in a while, we find ourselves back in the rabbit hole and you might be in a funk and I'm like, I'm crawling out of the rabbit hole. I got to crawl out. Cause I'm just, you know, and maybe I'll go back to like feeling that, you know, compulsion of like eating or not eating or compulsion of not feeling, you know, like kind of depressed. And you're like, you gotta step back and say, okay, why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And we're not going to stay in this rabbit hole for very long because you need to get your ass up because there's this is not what's happening. Mm-hmm. But recognizing that is what I think the most important thing is yep. for what anyone's going through. Yep. Um and that's been kind of cool. Um and that's again what's been able to get me to the next point in my life where I can present at workshops and I talk about diseases and things like that from, you know, hundreds of people in a, in a workshop and, and they'll come up to me like they do to you because you get it. There's no faking empathy. There's no faking caring. It, yeah. It's an energy and you're drawn to people for a certain reason. Yeah. And people see right through people's bullshit. If they're not authentic, you see,
0: right through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that where you're going and I, and I highly, highly encourage your book. You want to write a book, you want to talk about these things, go for it. Mm -hmm. Because the truth of the matter is that you're not going to come off. Even if you want to talk about things and have them and give details about how it affected you, it's not a sob story. It's a way for Mm -hmm. people to connect to the emotions that you were experiencing. Because again, it's not the event, it's the emotions and the way that you that you felt right? So even if they did not have that experience, if they can connect to the emotions that you were experiencing due to that event, you're going to impact them in whatever you have to say in that book. So I fully encourage that because in regards to my own story, I, when I first got into the space of talking about myself, I was very uncomfortable about that. There were some things I wasn't sure I wanted to express and put out there, um, but I did, but I remember the first post that I ever made about my my experience um, about you know, just kind of vulnerability, right? I had um, there was a person that I knew that was like, "Why are you posting that stuff? Nobody gives a shit. Like he told me that, and I was like, "Ouch, that hurt. But I was like, you know what? Like the next day somebody reached out to me and thanks me for that post. And that is the only reason why that post mattered to me. Right. And you know what?
1: There's so many people that they're energy vampires and you have to get them out of your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's
1: a shame sometimes, but I don't keep very many people around or any that are negative anymore. And it it takes a long time and it takes a really hard shell, but I'm sorry if you're going to criticize me and think that because what I'm doing in my career is going full-time in fitness was Oh, that's a hobby. That's not a career. What do you? What, mm. I work with companies and I do a lot of things that it is full time, and I do pay my bills yeah. and I do take care of my family. But what you think
0: is acceptable, and what
1: you think about my story and my posts and my journey, I don't really care.
0: Yep. <laughs> but out that. the door. That that tolerance level should be like there should be like no threshold, like super yeah. super low for any sort of toxicity like that. Um, but. You know, moving forward with your goals. I mean, I absolutely think that's a great idea, and I think that you should be one hundred percent real. Just put yourself out there because you are going to inspire so many people. All these things that you're doing—the reason why I reached out to you to share your story—they're inspirational. I didn't even know half of the story.
1: You can't get to Z without going through the first part of the alphabet.
0: And yeah. you know, when when you said, you know, like
1: you said, to how do you get to you know the the facial exercise program that you know, that I have, it's called, let's face it together. It's my trademark program. Just sit back now that you know the story, let's face it together. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about your face. Your face is what you put in front of people. I get it. And you wanna look younger and more youthful and we all wanna, you know, we're chasing these serums and the Botox and the surgeries. How about we just own who we are? How about, I mean, I could teach you all about the f- muscles in the face and how to hold your face and how to get rid of wrinkles and what we can do. I teach, I can teach you all that. It's online. You can buy my manual and do all the programs that I teach. It's nine bucks a month. Fantastic. Yeah. But the most important thing is the message. How do you stand? How do you enter a room? How do you feel about yourself? Mm -hmm. Let's face it together. Let's face our age. Let's face what we own. And now that is what I really teach. Yeah. That's the message. When I teach these dance programs, Someone picked me up. Um, I'm going to New Orleans for this MOVE convention. And these women started this new fitness um, convention. And it's in a part of a country that really needs fitness. There's not big conventions that go to New Orleans. And they asked me to present my cardio tease program, which is a women's empowerment program. That's the purpose. It's not just, oh, I'm dancing around. It's how you hold yourself, how you feel about yourself. How do you walk, how, how do you sit? How do you project to people? And I do, I actually book women rock events all over the country. So I call, you know, if you, people own studios, things like that, you want to bring me in for a day and I'll do the cardio teas. I do a lecture about empowerment and, you know, movement and we do our let's face it together. They get continuing education credits. They get, you know, for, oh. cheap, you know, for like a cheap price or whatnot, but it's a day for them. Absolutely. Empowerment. You know, it's, I mean, we can even have wine after, like it's, you know, but it's something that is missing for a lot of people. Um, And that's really the impetus. That's the message. The reason why I started the podcast was I feel like people need to know about how to be, how to live healthier, better lives. Mm. Started with fitness and nutrition. And now we bring on people that just have these amazing inspirational stories that may sit back and and say, "Wow, that that changed me." You know, I've like cried in my podcast before because I'm sitting back, like, it's us get really dusty in here." Listen, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what people need. I, I don't want to hear a, a terrible story. I want to hear how it did what you went what you went through make you the person you are today.
0: That's life. And how did you get through it? You know what I mean? Right. Like, so many people, they feel like they know. It's like, I don't know they, they, they have it in them, but they just don't necessarily know step by step how to right. get along it, or or the fact that it's okay that they're going through these emotional roller coasters, like that doesn't mean you're weak, that doesn't mean you're incapable, right? So then being able to connect with somebody who did go through those same emotions but found it within themselves to beat all of it, it's like you're human too, you can do it. <laughs> everybody so. I love that. And I'm so happy that you shared your story and were, showed up so authentically and so vul, vulnerably. And you're such a powerhouse. Like everything that you're doing, good luck on everything that you're that you're striving for. You're not done. You are so far. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> You've got so much coming up. I love it. Um, I did want to tell everybody. So you were telling us about your Let's Face It Together, um, the facial exercise program that you <laughs> have. Um, if people want to look more into that, they wanted to subscribe, be part of the program, um, they can find that on your website, contifitness.net. Yep. So that's contifitness.net. C-O-N-T-I, um, also your podcast, the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone <laughs> Podcast. Um, they can find that podcast on twofitcrazies.com. Um, thank you so much. I'm going to put your information in the show notes. So if they wanted to get you on Instagram and on it looks like your email, too. We can do that. I'll go ahead and share that in the in the show notes, too. Awesome. Um, but, Christine, thank you so much for being here today. I truly appreciate it.
1: Lori, you're the best. And what I have to say to you is you got to keep going. Keep spreading the message because the world needs more people like you who are going to get out there. And, again, it's about being relentless, right? Absolutely. Be relentless. Go after what you want because life is just too damn short. Yeah. too short. You never want to look back and be like, I wish I, I wish I could have. No, no.
0: no. You don't want to live a life of regret. So thank you so much, Christine, for being here. And for the rest of you listeners today, thank you so much for being on. Until next time. That concludes this episode. If you enjoyed it, feel inspired, and would like to hear more, please subscribe to the Relentless Minds podcast via the link in the show notes or visit laurihimenez.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.